So before we get started, I want to tell you about the best thing that has happened to the podcasting world, and that is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You can go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. You can even find it on the App Store of any iPhone or Android. The app is called Anchor. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. So this week, this week we got a new guy, a new guest, a new. So, um, Brennan uh, Bridger or yeah. Bridger Brennan. Bridger Brennan, Bridger's first name. Yeah, okay. Bridger. So, um, uh, I saw you comment on one of our posts for Detox America. Yeah. And uh, you said you really enjoyed one of the podcasts, and so I, I went to your profile just to like, uh, who is this guy? How mm-hmm. does he know Isaiah or whatever? And instantly I saw all the hunting photos, yeah. and I was like, awesome, right up my fucking alley. Like, And like we were just discussing before, I wouldn't call myself a hunter yet. I haven't been on a hunt, but I've been an enthusiast for like the past four years. And I started shooting a bow like eight months ago. Uh, and so I was like, I need, I want to have this conversation. Um Especially because hunting can be very controversial. For sure. And so a yeah. lot of the a lot of the topics we do touch on end up being kind of controversial. And we never set out to, you know, make anybody look bad or make anybody look good. We just want to have the conversation, share ideas, you know, why you do it, what how you feel about it, what kind of... Uh, have you ever been attacked for being a hunter and killing innocent animals? Uh, you know, so uh, why don't you just introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, my name is Bridger Brennan uh, from Great Falls, Montana. I'm born and raised. Um, Ooh, Montana. Yeah, Hell Montana. Yeah. <clears throat> and been out there a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, God's country. Uh, yeah. Big sky yeah. country, God's country. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, I went to school, um, I guess... Just a quick little detour, but went to school um, and got my degree in engineering and got a job, full-time job here in Texas four years ago, and that's how I, so I made it here. Um, and then to let you guys know how I met you, mm-hmm. um, four years ago when I came here, I was like, really looking for something to do. Um, I really, I found jujitsu. I kept making excuses mm-hmm. like, to myself for the past uh, four years, yeah. man. And uh, that's probably but, like how it was for me with picking up a bow. I was just making excuses yeah, the whole time. Yeah, it's funny. Like really yeah, wanted to do it. Really loved the idea of it. Like I said, I was an enthusiast for so long, and I finally did pick up the bow. And and I never want to fucking turn yeah. back. You know, I loved it instantly. Yeah. It's yeah, same thing. I mean, sat made excuses for four years, and then um, I went on my September elk hunt with a bow. And right before that, I came in and did a drop in with Professor Alex yeah. and loved it and I, I was like this is insane Like, I, I'm going to do it as soon as I get back did you, uh, signing up did you drop into a, a class or did you do an open mat uh, I did a class and I rolled most of the time with Don Dominic Don yeah yeah Dominic. he just got awesome. back yeah. yeah 
and the whole class rolled with him. I think it was uh, Nogi. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was awesome. Nogi's a good a good way to introduce yourself to jujitsu because you don't have to. You first of all, like when you're wearing the gi, you know you yeah. you already know with the gi burn on the neck. Oh yeah. Or, <laughs> I imagine yeah. there's there's so much more yeah. technique well, this that can right come here, into play. This is just gi burn. This is just somebody yeah. you know, <laughs> smashing my face and and grinding the skin from my bones. Yeah. So, um, but it's it's a super fun sport, guys. It's super, <laughs> yeah, it really it's is. super fun to train, but don't 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 mind losing skin. Um, yeah. But you were saying so you dropped into a nogi class. Uh, Gotta love the Nogi. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, it just it, it reaffirmed everything that I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, really humbling experience. I I mean, uh, it's kind of why I got into bow hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to learn something I knew nothing about, mm-hmm. and I taught myself that. And I wanted to learn something I knew nothing about here and kind of be competitive, and jiu-jitsu kind of filled that gap. And So I've been coming for a month and a half now, mm-hmm. a, a month, month and a half, and that's where I met Isaiah. Um, and yeah, I guess that's kind of in a roundabout way how I'm here. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then I found you through, you know, your comment. Some light cyber page. stalking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was just like, well, I was like, who's this guy? Let's, 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 uh, let's be friends. If he enjoys our content, you know, mm-hmm. go add him, you know? Yeah. So like I went to your page to add you, I believe. And I saw all the hunting pictures like immediately. And I was like. I want to have this conversation. I've been waiting to have this conversation for a while. So, so when did uh, when did you do your very first hunt, and was that also your very first kill? Uh, okay, so my very first hunt, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I grew up in it. My hell yeah, I love that answer. <clears throat> so I, I mean, it, it's like the, I know a lot of things, a lot of different things, but like it's the one thing that like we have constant in our family, like mm-hmm. between my my aunts and uncles and cousins like most all of us hunt and uh was it always like rifle and then yeah yeah so um the the first hunt that i can remember is i might have been like about four years old and it's an an old i think like my dad's 73 chevy and driving on this logging road grandpa's in the passenger seat i'm in the middle in the little car seat Mm -hmm. and uh or the booster seat my dad's driving and uh, a whitetail's running up on up on the mountain, and uh, dad gets out, hops or hops out of the truck, gets off the road, runs up the hill, and yells back to my grandpa to cover my ears. And cover he covers my ears, and um, I don't remember this part. I remember dad dragging this this uh, whitetail doe back to the truck or to the truck, and I remember seeing it and crying. <laughs> I don't know why, yeah. Um, and so that was like my first exposure to hunting that, that I recall. Um, Interesting. Well, either way, like, when you're a part of that experience, like, an animal dying, I think, like, especially if you have a, like, a, you're involved in its death. And even, I don't, I don't know, I'm speaking out of uh, all the hunters that I've, you know, listened to speak and all the hunters that I've studied and... Uh, it's an emotional experience either way when you're taking a life of yeah a living thing it it is for sure i mean um and in that moment i don't know if i fully realized what had just happened i might have just been hungry i really don't know but uh no it 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 isn't something that uh that i take lightly i mean fast forwarding now until i'm 26 years old and um i've killed a lot of animals and eaten every one of them full disclosure i um, you hunt to eat 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, and at some point in this conversation, I'd definitely like to get into the uh, this really like hot button word of trophy hunting. We can save that for later. No, definitely. But, uh, I mean, because really that word that. really yeah. bugs me. Yeah, and, um, for sure, for different reasons. But uh, to get back to your question of uh, kind of how I got into hunting, my first memory, and how long I've been doing it. So that was my first memory. Um, and growing up, my dad always he always took me to our cabin. We had a cabin up in the mountains and. My grandpa and my dad and uncles, we'd all go go up and go hunt elk or deer and uh, sometimes antelope um, out in the flats uh, in eastern Montana. And uh, that's what that's what I just grew up doing. That was my free time. That was like uh, that was my weekends and my time off school. Nice. I called out of school for it. I, I mean, that was like my life. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. I, uh, full disclosure, I've also eaten every animal that I've ever hunted, but I've only hunted one, and I just want to see, I'll give you guys three guesses. What was the first animal, first and only animal I've ever killed on a hunt? Squirrel. I was going to say squirrel. Alright, so we got two squirrels, keep going. Maybe a rabbit. Got a rabbit? Maybe, yeah. Squirrel, rabbit, uh, dove. I'm uh, I'm going to go way out in right field, skunk. Damn, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, it was a skunk. Really? Damn. Yeah. Um, damn, I was really, really not expecting that. Okay, so you skunk? ate a skunk. Okay, okay. So hold on. So this this requires a little bit of a story time. I'm trying to I'm gonna try not to not to fall down a skunk hole. Uh, uh, um, okay. No. <laughs> okay. No. I can't but, uh, that was actually it. Hell yeah. Um, no, that that seriously, that just surprised the shit out of me. Like. My mind is is blown that you just guessed this skunk. You're just like, Ooh, fucking skunk, yeah, fucking skunk. I was like, what do people hunt? Um, okay, so people squirrel. don't people don't hunt skunks as far yeah. as I know. So this is what this is what was happening. So um, I wasn't always a uh, full time job, uh, two kids, you know, responsible adult. Don't tell slash me you were living on the streets and you were father, hungry, dude. right? Um, no, uh, when I was a when I was a teenager, I was um, we'll, we'll call it a little bit of a drifter, right? And um, one of the places that I drifted to was this uh, little they call it an intentional community, a little a little commune, uh, 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 but they didn't want to be called a commune. It's like a, a bunch of fucking gypsies. It's just... yeah, 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 pretty much. <laughs> um, but it's a spot not uh, like Waco, right? I don't think so. I actually don't know okay. a lot about Waco. Um, there, 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 was, there was a lot of uh, uh, cult-like um, accusations and, and um, yeah, local local lore, you know what I okay. mean? Yeah. But actually living there, a lot of it was not what people would maybe think it is. Either way, um, so I lived there for a little while, and these guys were full-on like, uh, like composting their waste. Um, not just like old food, but like human waste, like literally like, right. Yeah. Uh, but they were growing, uh, you know, herbs and, and, and edible plants. They were, um, you know, trying to do everything with as like minimal of a carbon footprint as possible. Right. Right. They're trying to be, uh, holistic. They're trying to be, um, um, generally, like self-sustaining and and live in a way that was uh, sustainable to the environment. That's that's the goal, right? Right. Um, so one of the things that they had up there was a chicken coop, and um, you know they they pick eggs and pick eggs pick they grab they get eggs from the chickens, <laughs> um, and so they, so, so, yeah. so they weren't they weren't butchering the chickens uh, is is my point. Uh, they were keeping the hens 
healthy and, and, and for, for, for their eggs, yeah. And um, one of our, our big problems was the chickens kept dying. Like, we kept coming out, and there would be a dead chicken uh, by the food. And we were like, what the hell is happening to all of our chickens? Uh, you know, you, you fuck with one of us, you fuck with all of us, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we are, you know, this is, this is a very um, oddball community. You know, there's, there's, like, there's somebody awake at all hours of the night. And um, one day, uh, we'll say Dead Skunk's Eve, uh, we discovered that it was a skunk that was just really mean and trying to eat the chicken feed and was killing the chickens, or s- allegedly. I-, I never witnessed <laughs> this myself. Um, but, Probably. But the, the skunk got the... Skunk got got because yeah. he was fucking with our shit. And um, so the next day, we like kind of set up a trap for him, kind of, yeah. Um, they essentially saw like where he was coming in at, and then like kind of blocked it up, but also made it to where uh, we could still enter and like corner him. And so we this this peaceful hippie uh, like green thumb community is like armed with pitchforks and and fucking like homemade spears and shit. Like we're gonna get this skunk. And it sounds like I'm exaggerating for emphasis, and I'm not. <laughs> but that's this is exactly this is what uh, like they had literal like 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 a, like steak knife, like chicken wire Onto to a, a to a broomstick, yeah. <laughs> like actual pitchforks. Uh, there was a sniper with a slingshot. Um, like we were we were posted up, ready to get this fucking skunk. Um, we we found him. We uh, with after after we kind of like commotioned it into a corner. Uh, one of I can't. I don't. I don't know who it was uh, that actually got him because it was dark as shit. And uh, one of us, through a mighty and decisive blow, uh, vanquished the skunk. So we um, we we did a whole lot of missing because whenever uh, there was just a bunch of hippies just around a cage. How bad did you guys all smell after this? That's what I want to know. We smelled as bad as we smelled during that. We we smelled that bad all the time. Oh, okay. That was just how, that was just how we like. There there was there was a little funk going on there, but I'm not gonna jump into the scent conversation yet. Um, but no, so we we uh, eliminated the skunk problem. Um, we had this marine who would who would visit and uh, he would like drop some folk knowledge on us, you know, survival knowledge, yeah. shit like that. So he's like, "You any of y'all know how to skin this bitch?" And I'm just like. I personally don't, and um, none of us did. None of us had ever, like, killed an animal before, and um, he was like, well, this is just going to go to waste, and I'm just like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'm hungry. Y'all hungry? And I'm just like, no way. No way. We're not about to do this. Like, are you for real? And then he's just like, if y'all don't know how to skin this, I'm going to show y'all how to skin it. If y'all don't know how to cook it, I'm going to show you how to cook it. And I was just like, fuck it. Let's do it. And uh, the dude, you know, skinned up the, the skunk, um, set it all up so he could, like, dry it out and keep it, and um, removed the organs, and we set it up on, a on a like, a, a spit almost. Yeah. Um, and then, except we didn't rotate it. We just stuck it on the grill. And then we stuck a whole ass skunk. Like, he cut out the, the stink sack. Yeah. He knew exactly what to do. Like, God bless that Marine, because he, <laughs> he, he, he. So how was it? Was, yeah, that's the real question. I have not really had Really, actually good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like, it, I think they just salt and peppered it. Um, they didn't, yeah, they didn't do anything crazy with it. Um, and they uh, just 
roasted it, roasted it, roasted it, and then it went, when it looked good and, you know, good and golden brown, uh, we ate it, and um, I ate, like, one of the legs, and it was good. It was, like, like meat that is good to eat. It wasn't just, like... Yeah, isn't yeah. It, <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's like, like weird it was like tasty. That, it's like it's something that you wouldn't think that you could eat. You right. wouldn't think it would taste good. And I mean, that's that's a common theme. Well, like, a lot, like a lot of people have problems with, say, like bear hunting. I mean, that's an issue in and of itself. Like, it's a huge conversation to have. But people have issues with predator hunting, right? Mm-hmm. Like big issues compared to most people don't care about deer. whitetail hunting, yeah. right? Like ah, oh, deer, whatever. Or like, like hog. You hunting. talk about. Talk about bears, like killing a black bear or a mountain lion. They're like you savage. You, you, you this. I mean, they've seen it on Disney their whole delicious. lives. I mean, they're they're really good. Really, because like, mountain thought... lion, especially. I I can speak especially to that. I had it when I was I, I was probably sixteen. My dad's my dad's friend had killed one, or maybe his friend had killed one and gave my dad's friend some meat. Brought it up to our cabin and we had it, and it was really good. I mean, well, kind of describe it like it compared like to another. Like it's pork? just like pork, and that I don't want to say that to be like because oh yeah, it tastes like chicken, and, and you know that's kind of the closest thing. No, I mean it really tasted very similar to pork. It's like a white meat. That is very interesting to me because I would figure that like I don't know, just there's some kind of unconscious bias in my brain that I've only just now identified in this conversation that told me that. The good meat comes from herbivores. You would and think that, that carnivores right. meat wouldn't be delicious. Right? Uh, would it be more lean since they're? Yeah, so they actually have um, they actually have a decent amount of fat on them on the cats. Do. I mean, yeah, yeah I was like about to say, right? the cats, like, like yeah. they they do um, not as not as much as like a bear would if you if you got a fall bear when mm-hmm. uh, he spent all summer trying to fatten up for the winter yeah. and because they survive off their fat storage. So I mean. It, Tons and tons of fat, um, but yeah, I mean they're they're really good. So mm. just to circle back to that. So mountain I mean, lion is tasty, skunk is tasty. What are yeah. some other unconventional, I mean, animal tastes that yeah, you've the, experienced? The bear is good. I have you've had eaten bear too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my cousin killed a bear, black and brown. Or? No, just uh, just a black bear. Um, where where was the bear? Where was the black bear? Like, because uh, I know up north. Uh, like towards Canada, a lot of the bears live off of berries. Yeah, right. And so, right. like, and I, I've heard that you even get a, a lot, like, when you're eating the black bear meat that, you know, live off of, like, berries primarily, you can get a little bit of that, that berry right. in the meat, and it tastes amazing. I've heard that, too. I have yet to experience that. I, I haven't personally killed a bear yet. Um, I've been trying for a few years now. Yeah. But uh, my cousin shot a bear with his bow when we were... We must have been like 16 mm-hmm. and had no idea like like oh yeah we just bought a bear tag and we're gonna shoot a bear well I mean it just so happened that there was a bear while we were hunting and he shot this bear with his bow and um, got it processed and I think he made me oh sausage. he killed yeah yeah oh, yeah he killed wow. it with his bow and um, took it to the meat processor and process they had processed the meat for us and cause I, I mean I thought that you were about to tell a story about this like eternal rival of a bear that like still has an arrow in its back. Oh no! Uh, no. <laughs> no. I'm gonna go back to that right. route. No, I'm gonna find that dead. bear. <laughs> he's dead. He's long yeah. gone. Yeah. Okay, so so um, to expand a little bit on predator hunting or trophy hunting. So first of all, what is the? I mean, obviously, there's there's 
the very well-known argument about conservation in terms of like the numbers of predators and how they're dwindling and how that, as a layperson who doesn't hunt, um, is allegedly directly due to uh, uh, hunters and, and overhunting yeah. and uh, deforestation and, and poor right. environmental practices. So, yeah, is that is that ju- pretty much the, the the summary of the gripe against predator hunting, or is there more that we could understand? Yeah. So the funny thing is, but I think there's a, there's a lot of misconceptions, and a lot of people who yeah. make those gripes have no idea what they're talking about at yeah. all. Yeah. So like, a huge a lot of the right a lot is... of the the like the biggest animal lovers, like anti hunters, have never done a thing for conservation, and hunters right. do way more for conservation than uh, PETA. Yeah, I mean, so, dollar for dollar. I mean, they, they actually put the boots on the ground and, and bring in the money for for animal habitat, um, for research, for, um, like, helping better populations. But back to your question on predators, right? You made a statement that a lot of people think with people that don't have much exposure to the hunting world, right? Mm-hmm. They have this misconception, and I will say it's a misconception because there's a lot of false information going around that there's struggling numbers of predators. Mm -hmm. Like, low bear numbers, low mountain lion numbers, low coyote numbers, simply not the case. And I can speak for most all of the western states. I know for a fact... Because you've been out there. And Colorado now, I mean, that's... So let's just take Montana, right? Mm -hmm. Black bear numbers are exceptional. They're some of the best that they've been in 150 years since we ended um, market hunting, right? Mm -hmm. So... Quick sidetrack. You asked me the other day if if people can buy meat from a hunter, mm-hmm. and I said no. They made that illegal because we had this uh, a market hunting problem in the United States in mm. the late eighteen hundreds, and that's how the buffalo but it can be became extinct. Yeah, it can be given. So back to the predator numbers. There's way more predators, and so let's say let's just say predator. When I say predators, I'm talking mountain lions and black bears. There's mm-hmm. other predators like coyote numbers are through the freaking roof. Uh, wolves where they've been reintroduced like Montana um, I don't have the exact numbers on them but they've gone from let's see I think they introduced somewhere in the teens to like 30s right they reintroduced mm-hmm. maybe 30 or up to 60 under 100 wolves in Montana and now I mean well and that can be freaking skyrocketing and that can be more huge that can be more devastating to the environment so a lot of people who a lot of organizations that are reintroducing wolves are doing it to save the wolf population, but then you see other animals in that habitat's population dwindling because of the predator, because of the wolf. And so there is um, some arguments saying that reintroducing wolves into these places are doing worse things for the environment because of all the other animals that are uh, affected by reintroducing wolves into their habitat. Right, and and I'm not I'm not anti predator. I mean, I I really enjoy seeing wolves. Um, I really do. And to go on a bit of a, a tangent or maybe a parallel to this conversation, mm-hmm. Colorado just voted in the primaries here uh, on November third to or either for or against the reintroduction of gray wolves into the west of the divide into Colorado. Um, I think it's been over a couple hundred years since wolves have been in Colorado. Um, someone can fact check me on that. It's been a long time. Um, it's, it hasn't been recent um, that wolves have just gone off the landscape there. The problem with this is, and that people don't think about, all the people that are voting on it have zero exposure to wolves, mm-hmm. nature, or wildlife in mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get the people from Denver and 
and uh, great, I, I get letting people have a voice in it, but if you're just gonna arbitrarily vote to reintroduce something with, with no knowledge of what the repercussions are, it can be dangerous. So they vote on the not just Not just to the environment and the animals in those habitats, but to human life as well. Yeah. That's what they don't get. Yeah, people don't think of the impact that it's gonna have in general. And like the other problem is is so now so now we, we want wolves back, right? We're 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 charismatic species ourselves. We're we're kind and we love things and we want wolves back. And we love animals. So, so we get wolves. Absolutely. Back. The problem with this is now, everyone's excited. We got wolves in Colorado. We can see them. And it's going to start out at a, a fairly low number. I don't know what they're going to introduce, maybe 30 or something. Um, I'd have to look that up. But here in five, six, seven years, just like was the same in Montana, that population is going to increase exponentially. And there's going to be a lot of wolves in Colorado. And the wildlife biologists, and this is how it worked in Montana, the wildlife biologists are going to come to the state's fish and game department and say, just like they do every other species, hey, here's our numbers for wolves. We need hunters to start harvesting X amount to control the population, mm -hmm. to keep in balance our elk, our deer, our mountain lions, this and this and this, right? Everything needs to form a balance because unfortunately humans aren't going anywhere and we kind of wreak havoc on, we can't just let nature run its course thing, anymore. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've fucked everything up, like, mm -hmm. with habitat, right? So we do have to step in. Hunters have to step in. Well, when the biologist brings this to the State Department, they're going to say, hey, okay, yeah, this sounds good. Now special interest groups are going to hear about it. They're going to get involved. They're going to lobby against it because, no, we just reintroduced wolves. They haven't been here in 200 years, 100 years. Why are we going to go kill them? We can't kill them. Mm -hmm. Well, no, 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 no. Hold on. We have 1,000 wolves. We're only going to kill... 200 of the thousand or let two up to 200 be killed I, i'm making these numbers up. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is hypothetical <clears throat> yeah i'm we're gonna kill 200 out of the thousand and their reproduction rate they'll be back up to a thousand next year we're just trying to keep the population in check no, no no we're not gonna do that we're not gonna do that then it goes to the courts the courts are mainly liberal and they're gonna decide no no hunting wolves it took us like 10 years or something in Montana for them to ever let us hunt wolves. And it is super small number that you were even allowed to hunt. I mean, it didn't, it didn't even make an effect on the population of the wolves. And then the federal government and the state government of Montana was paying private trappers to come in, like our tax dollars in Montana, to pay somebody to come in and kill the wolves. When... You have hunters like me in, in very unethical ways too, by uh, poison, I'm, by all yeah, kinds of stuff. Instead of I'm a, more than a willing to pay, I'm paying. I'm saying, hey, I'll pay the Here's government my fifty money. bucks. Right, give me a tag and let me go hunt them. Kill it ethically, but the optics on that aren't the same as. Oh no no, we won't let hunters kill mm -hmm. the wolves, right? And then well, the government's to the court, the, you know. Yeah. Okay, hey, I'm gonna pay you. You go, you go kill those wolves. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yep. No, no wolf hunting. And that, that's kind of how this works, right? So that you you get into. And I promise I'm about to make a point here. You get into these <clears throat> these arguments of emotions, right? With uh, with predators especially, and nobody wants to look at the the numbers. Not everyone's a wildlife biologist. I'm not, mm -hmm. and I don't claim to be. But if there's a study that comes out on population of, of elk and it says, hey, 
you, you can't hunt elk for another 10 years because the population is too low. I'm going to say, okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to that. But nobody on the other side, if they're against it, if they're against wolf hunting, against bear hunting, a study comes out that says there are way too many predators on the landscape right now. We have to hunt X amount a year to keep a sustainable population of undulates like deer and elk and moose, everything else, right? They don't want to listen to it. And then they'll just sit and lobby in court. So to your point of, or to your question of, uh, I think you asked like what my take on predator hunting is. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's super important um, for conservation of their species in and mm-hmm. of themselves. Because it, I mean, if they grow too big, eat all the elk, eat all the deer, then they're going to starve anyway. <clears throat> right. But in order to kind of have a balanced ecosystem with us in it also, um, it, it's important that, that we hunt them. I mean, in cases and times when the population is big enough, right? Mm-hmm. I well, mean, I think uh, I think it's uh, a fascinating conversation to have uh, about the consequences of unchecked predators, um, specifically because where just like you said in, in an argument of emotions, that's where people's brains turn off whenever we start to talk about controlling the um, population growth rate of humans. Right. Um, so, so uh, I like to have this conversation with people because, um, first of all, it's it's there's so much more to it than people understand, and second of all, it's not it doesn't mean we have to kill anybody. Right. Um, speci- very specifically, there's zero zero um, inherent murder with the idea of controlling the population growth rate. Right. So that's why I'm being very very careful, <laughs> watchers. To uh, to make sure that that point is understood is um, one one thing that is uh, absolutely uh, factually undeniable is the absolute havoc that us as the apex predator has wreaked on the planet. You know whether it's the um, like infection of every square inch of the earth being covered in plastic, uh, microplastics that persist in the environment that disturb uh, uh, wildlife and and, and uh, natural ecosystems. Whether it's uh, like the nuclear radiation that was leaking from Fukushima, I think it's still right. leaking. Um, you know, whether we talk about like the radiation from all of the wars, uh, the nuclear warheads that have gone off on the planet, like it's it's this unchecked apex predator walk around. Like we we understand when we have the conversation about like hog numbers or deer numbers. Like that's that's usually rabbit numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people people are like, okay, well, I mean, maybe we should take a look at how many there are and make sure that there aren't too many like the idea clicks it makes perfect sense but then you go to predators and then they're like whoa 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 why are you why are you killing those you know what i mean and and, uh again it's like you said it's a very emotional argument it's usually not particularly um laden with facts no yeah um and then you and then again you zoom out just one lens further and you talk about maybe we should have access to uh, better access to contraceptives and abortions and um, uh, sex education and and things like that that would uh, uh, healthcare um, things that would undeniably reduce the number the numbers of how many babies we're having and um, how many how how exponentially the population's growing and the the harmful impacts that has especially on the environment. Um, People people don't want to have that conversation. You know? yeah. People don't even want to, don't even want to consider the idea because the idea of having a hand on the way that the human race 
grows is 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 uh, like sacrilege, you know? Yeah. And it's like we are just as as um, important to, if not ten times more important to, uh, pay attention to our numbers because it's like you said, if we, con- it's like you said with the wolves, like they'll they'll eat all the game and then starve. We're gonna consume all the resources, and it's already happening in in so many parts of the world where the resources are being consumed in in such a way that the um, I mean, the, the the one of the sole reasons that we have so much po- poverty is because of how how much we consume in resources and how it's allocated. How all the good stuff goes to all the rich countries, and then right. the the <clears throat> native habitats and populations are just devastated. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, again, it's 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 something that I'm willing to turn a, a curious ear to um, in the idea of controlling the numbers of populations of whether it be. Uh, wild game, whether it be predators, whether yeah. it be you know what I mean, um, but that's also not to say that there aren't people, and maybe even a lot of people who won't take it too far, who don't yeah. actually care about conservation, who don't actually care about animals, who do want to you know have a tr- a, a, a trophy, right? Uh, there are people like that that do exist that are void of empathy and just want to kill something big so that they can put it on their wall, right? Yeah, so I I would say that that person exists in any community. Has to, uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like whatever. Um, I mean, you name the, the the niche of whatever you're into, and and I guarantee there's somebody who more takes who just it don't to give a shit, yeah. right? And and that's the problem. I'd say hunters, by and large, and I I don't I don't know how many people are hunting in the United States, mm-hmm. but I would say less than a tenth of a percent are anywhere near that. Um, I, I believe that. <clears throat> I I think most. Um, I guess let me let me get into the, the trophy hunting thing really quick because I think that really bugs me. Um, yeah, I yeah. hear I hear a lot of people. You know, the the first time um, they ever hear you know that I'm a hunter or something has happened to me a couple times. Um, they say, "Oh, so you're just a trophy hunter?" Damn! Like, I'm like, like out the gate. Shit. <laughs> okay. Yes, I am a trophy hunter, and I'm going to explain to you why. Uh, I, I believe that. Every animal I kill is a trophy. I don't care if it's a doe or if it's a gigantic buck or just a, a meat buck, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a trophy to me because I put a lot of money into training, into my equipment, into the trip, into the travel, into the hunt itself. I put a lot of, like, my energy mm-hmm. of training uh, into the hunt itself. I mean, like, I'm beating myself down for and two weeks straight trying yeah. to kill something, right? And it's then while you're out there and you're right? in the, like, while you're out there in the wilderness, it's no easy task. No, no, at it's not. whatsoever. And so when you do harvest, yeah, that there's a sense of reward. Right. It's a reward that you worked your ass off. And that's another thing is people have this perception of the fat, lazy hunter. Which, and there is Which that. there is. There is that, there for is, sure. Just sitting in a tree stand. But um, a lot that I've noticed recently and has been really attractive to me and making me want to get involved is that there's a growing community of young people who take it so seriously that right. they're training. Like you said, you put in, you know, years of training and, you know, you, you want to be strong. You want to be in as good as shape as you can be once right. you get out there so you can make the easiest, cleanest kill. And right. you don't, you don't want that animal to suffer any more than it has to. You want to be able to get out there, do what you have to do. And so there is a lot of training involved, a lot of ethics. Yeah. A lot of the younger people who are getting into hunting now take ethics so seriously when, when getting involved. And, and you definitely should. I mean, you, 
you're, I mean, you're taking something's life. It's not something you should take lightly. And um, to circle back to the, I think that there's a big misconception of the the popular definition of trophy hunting, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone thinks trophy hunting is I pay to go shoot an elephant and I kill it. I leave it there. I cut off the tusks and I fly them back. Right. right. Um, and I mean, the whole Africa conservation model. That's what I was about to say. Is, uh, that's a huge conversation. I'd be more than happy to get into it. I'm not, haven't hunted Africa. I have no desire to, but I can, I will happily explain the conservation model there. Um, I'm, I'm curious <clears throat> at some point, and maybe we don't touch base on it this episode, but at some point to um, start drawing lines between hunting and poaching. Because I'm, I'm, well, yeah, yeah I'm, actually, I'm actually, again, as a lay person who doesn't hunt, I'm completely ignorant to where the line is drawn there. Okay, so, it's <clears throat> super easy. So, every state is going to have a book of regulations, right? Mm -hmm. um, those regulations define uh, legal methods of take, so weapons you're allowed to use, the specifics on the weapons, the dates at which you're allowed to take those animals, the regions, so you'll divide Texas into, I don't know, say 500 units, right? Mm -hmm. So, you get all these little units. Each one has different different rules mm -hmm. of animals you can take, how many you can take a year, and at what time of the year you can take them. Um, and also what time of the day. I mean, Texas, you can hunt, I believe you can hunt predators and exotics at night. Um, we can't hunt anything at night other than, or in Montana, I think other than coyotes. Um, You're not even allowed to use electronics here in Texas? Um, like no, you lights? can. You can use you can use artificial light for exotics, I believe, okay. but, but not like white-tailed deer, right? right? Um, and like pigs you can do but like Montana for example like the line of, of poaching and like being a hunter so our season starts let's just say for elk it starts the first Saturday or first or second Saturday of September and it goes for five weeks and during that time you have 30 minutes before sunrise be, their sun, they have sunrise tables in the regulations so say 6am is sunrise 6pm is sunset you can hunt from 5.30 until 6.30 during that time of the day, or during the day. That is the only time you're allowed to shoot an elk. Say I'm in what I, I'm in region X to hunt in. The, in that region, I'm allowed to take, it might be uh, a brow-tined bull, which means it's a bull elk that has one brow-tine, uh, or has you know one big point coming off on each side, but off of one, it has at least a four-inch point off off the eye, it's called an eye guard or a brow tine. Uh, that's a brow tine bull, a branch antler bull, and would be, you know, the two spikes mm -hmm. at the smallest one with just another point coming off. Or an antlerless, which would be a cow, the female. Or, um, or sometimes there's spike only units, but I don't think Montana has those anymore. But anyway, so they, they tell you exactly the type of animal that you can take, um, and they tell you the, the exact specifics. Now, if you take something out of those dates or during those dates with a weapon that you're not allowed to, like a gun during rifle season or a gun during bow season, poaching or breaking the law. Um, so operating outside of the ethical boundaries that have already been established, the regulatory boundaries. Outside. The legal boundaries Le yeah. is poaching. Uh, any, so anything outside of that is poaching. So, yes. Um, okay. And then as far as these protections go, um, you know, again, it's it's like you said, the the popular image of a trophy hunter is somebody who would kill an endangered species uh, for right. uh, some rare uh, trophy, or some rare uh, good, or just to you know hang it up somewhere or take a picture. Right. Next but to even it. a lot of um, those a lot of those articles that get out 
are full uh, full of no information at all. Well, not only and a that, lot of people context. Like, yeah, right, that. right. You get a headline yeah. and people fucking freak out on social media, well, and there's just no context at all to what you know, like a picture of a girl with a rifle and a dead mm-hmm. uh, giraffe or something. Yeah. And right. then there's no context onto you know. I, I highly doubt that that girl was out there. I mean, there are there are poachers. It is a problem. Yeah. But um, a girl from America going to Africa for an exotic hunt, paying tens of thousands of dollars, right. uh, and and a lot of that stuff goes to communities in Africa to help. Right. Uh, and then and who knows? Maybe you know there are instances in conservation when. Uh, older male animals mm-hmm. uh, do more damage to the herd than right. You know they 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 won't let any of the other males mate. You know they become uh, a a a problem. You know sure. if, if they're if they're you know they've been the the big man in the in the herd for so long and they won't let the the other males mate. But then again, they're too old to be mating. There's right. a fucking problem. Then the yeah. population can't grow. So there are instances like that, but when you just get a headline and you get emotional because it's a giraffe, like you have no idea. There's no context, and most of these people getting upset have never studied conservation. Mm-hmm. They they love animals. That's all they know, but they have no idea about conservation. Like you said, a lot of the people making the laws have never had boots on the ground. Yeah, have never been in the wilderness. I've think... never seen right. a wolf. In the mountains, I think it's uh, it's it's it'd be interesting. The way that I see it is almost like the um, the dichotomy of a, a protester versus a rioter, right? right. So the 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 common uh, conception, uh, the, the the common excuse me perception of of you know, pe- people are having a hard time drawing a line between protester and rioter. I don't think it's that hard. I think it's quite cut and dry. It is. Yeah. But now, if you protest on behalf of a cause that I disagree with, the assumption is that you're going to behave like an animal because the precedent has now been set. Yeah, and the, 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 Exactly. And I think it's just as ridiculous as the assumption that a hunter is inherently... Like in its in a hunter's blood is the desire to be a poacher, you know. What yeah. I mean? Just like in in a protest, they just blood want to kill. Is not put the, something up on the wall. Like yeah. most people who protest don't want to riot. Most people who hunt don't want to poach, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's that's where I, that's exactly these, these kinds of examples present themselves everywhere in in society, and it's just like that that uh, snap to assumption is is just so destructive when you're trying to perceive and understand and. Uh, coexist in in a society, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like uh, in, in a society that's supposed to be cohesive and and, and self sustaining and, and uh, improving, you know, hopefully perpetually. It's like you got to think more, you know. You yeah, gotta, you got to you got to dig, you got to turn the page, you got to dig a little deeper before you just like, what is happening? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I, I think we we have a a real problem um, in this country in general, but. I mean, also on the hunting side and like hunters, non-hunters, of this whole con- er, confirmation bias, right? Yeah. Like people living in these like echo chambers, right? Yes. So you get on Instagram, you get on whatever, you're hanging out with your friends, and you're maybe your friends are only like diehard conservatives or diehard liberals, mm-hmm. and like, and you get on Instagram, and that's the only people you follow. Like, mm-hmm. I, I follow, you know, whoever, you know. Then you stay in that like, bubble, liberal and you don't person get X, any... conservative person Y, whatever. 
and you, you don't hear like and you don't want to listen to the other side right, right? and uh, same thing goes with uh, with anything mm -hmm. like with anything in the world that people disagree on nobody wants to sit and listen to the other side so especially I'm, but like especially the like the polarized, like two-sided right. issues, like right. hunter versus yeah, yeah, versus uh, in environmental enthusiasts. I don't know, I don't know, because uh, I don't want to call them conservationists because they're not because they're not they're, they're not, not inherently conservationists. Yeah. Just like a hunter isn't inherently anti-conservation. As a matter of fact, I'd argue that they're quite pro-conservation because yeah, it's it's it goes back to what what you well, said if, earlier if about hunters, if you kill all the animals and you don't have yeah. anything to hunt, there's no incentive to hunt anymore. Exactly, so you right. have to be responsible if you want it to go on. Yeah. yeah. That's why I say most hunters are the most conservationalist. They they it are the conservation. Yeah, it's because yeah. if they don't, if you don't protect these environments, if you don't make your kills, um, then there's going to be no more hunting. There's and I I did want to touch on um, why people hunt. Yeah, uh, you know, not so so we did touch on the fact that it's not all trophy hunting there is a sense of like getting out there and reaping your reward and you know you do you know you can go put that uh buck up on your wall or something um there are there is a sense of reward uh but also um like the, the, the food well the, yeah, well, the it's huge the, the the food it to me yeah. is like the main reason why i want to get into it so that i know that i'm getting the best food possible instead yeah. of going out to these you know to walmart and buying some steak by some tortured some tortured animal that's the real fucking problem you can like it's, taste the sadness yeah <laughs> exactly exactly and so like my thing is i don't trust any of the food that i'm being fed by factory farming um with all the chemicals that are being used the mistreatment of the animal all that i just cannot agree with so the only thing that makes sense to me is go out there and get my own straight out of the wild uh, right. the, the cleanest best meat that I can get and provide that to my family because I don't want my family eating all these chemicals I don't want my, my family eating this shit food and if I love my family I want what's best for my family so what would be best for my family is going to get the cleanest food possible and bringing it back putting it on the table I have an interesting little crossover topic about that because I think another common and I, again, this I'm gonna keep saying this until everybody's very convinced that I I know fully that I have no idea what I'm talking about. But uh, it's my understanding, uh, from what I understand about environmental damage that's been done on behalf of just the human race, mm -hmm. um, that the assumption that wild game or wild uh, animals are clean animals, or at least cleaner than factory farms, is not um, as sound as uh, you might believe on, on face right. value. You know, you have... Um, I watched a, a documentary not too long ago on uh, Teflon, and it was... Um, oh, it's, it's one of the ones on Netflix, one of those, like, unmasking, like, super dramatic, uh, you know, documentaries that they have where it's like, hey, this is really, really, really fucked up, and we're going to just tell everybody. Yeah. Um, but it was about... Um, God, I wish I, I remember the, the company name or the factory name, but... Uh, the one that like brought Teflon into the forefront of the American you know household, and just the kind of environmental impact that it had on that local community specifically, um, the kind of sickness and disease that it was uh, presenting to the fish and the deer and the yeah. you know animals mm -hmm. that drank the water, and then how on a on a grander scale you know moving away from the documentary just from what you can read anywhere if you just search like environment 
You know what I mean? Right. Um, between the trash, between the plastic, between the uh, chemical dumping, between the um, uh, just general mistreatment of, of the entire, literally the entire planet. Um, the assumption that an animal is clean just because you didn't buy it at Walmart mm-hmm. is that is that as sound as um, as someone might think? You know, being somebody who's been in the yeah. wild and hunted, is it is it always cleaner or mostly cleaner, or do you start to see some really ugly, really weird shit out there? Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I've never heard that before. I can. I don't know. I don't have any information. I can to, see to where say it like, makes sense. Yeah, but so I think I think it, context is king here. Um, so I think if you did this study outside of, say, like an industrial area, mm-hmm. a, a, a place with bad pollution, LA, uh, outside of LA. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where the. I don't. I don't. I would need to like see a study mm-hmm. on it. I'd need to actually look at how the study was conducted. But if I had to just think off off the cuff, off the top of my head, I would say the animals that I kill by and large, are in the middle of nowhere. They're in the mm-hmm. middle of the mountains. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'll find, like, uh, an old Coke can from, like, the 70s. It's an <laughs> old-timer, like, packed up there, yeah. an old beer can or, like, something. But I don't, like, I don't, there's... there's like, it's, the not, it's not like what you see in, like, a suburban area. Right, right. There's literally right. trash, like, lining the entire right. front of the forest. Right. And so it's not like every animal lives in the same conditions as where I hunt, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it can change. I mean... Mm-hmm. But I would say that the animals that I hunt, I, I mean, I would say that that, my assumption would be that's completely untrue for the animals that I hunt. Mm-hmm. Because so, so they, just they get a, their water from a spring, like mm-hmm. uh, uh, snowbank melt in yeah, the summer, yeah, yeah, yeah. mountain spring, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I drink out of it. I don't get charity yet. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, it's the source of the water, mm-hmm. right? The grass is, I mean grass right there's no there's no farming operations around i mean there's no pesticides up in the middle of the mountains well and it's Um, and it's interesting uh and see i believe the context is is king of that right so i i believe that 100 percent. and it's i kind of want to expand on the conversation right no yeah i just wanted to get one more thing um so first of all that's a that's a super relief to hear that you know it's not as doom and gloom as some of the Netflix documentaries you might and there's have. still some pristine would, would, yeah. spots out there um, and then also uh, I, just to add to that even in the context of like like uh, ground zero in, in Chernobyl um, like wild populations have, have not only been returning to but flourishing uh, flourishing yeah I'm um, um, doing really, really well. The local plant life, the local uh, wildlife, like it's it's regulating itself. It's it's they're they're maintaining sustainable like growth patterns, um, and the and it's lush and it's it's untainted by uh, the the uh, human presence. You see what I'm saying? Right. So um, I I I say that to say that I not only believe you when you say that, but it's it's. Uh, Apparent in other examples. I just wanted to make sure that in what I consume and trying to understand the extent of the harm that uh, the less empathetic uh, and the less forward-thinking members of our of our society, uh, making sure that the consequences haven't extended so far that we're just absolutely beyond hope. You know right. I mean? yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we're there. And so what I was going to say, you know, just based off of, uh, you know. You saying that the pollutants getting in the air, it could be getting out there and tainting the animals air, that you're going water, out, land, right? All uh, and still, you know, having having effect on our food sources. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I went vegan for a whole year. Mm -hmm. And um, braver man than me. (laughs) um, So I've been, for as long as I can remember, really, I've been experimenting with my diet. Um, Always trying to find what's optimal, uh, what's going to be best for me, what's going to make me feel uh, healthy, clean, uh, give me enough energy to get through the day. Um, I've been experimenting with all kinds of diet from very young, being, you know, raised in kind of a Jewish household, uh, no pork, you Mm -hmm. know, nothing, uh, yeah, no seafood, anything (laughs) like that. So, um, no bacon. Yeah. So it started off, uh, you know, very early, just kind of, uh, diet decisions. And then when I did, uh, it was last year, I went a whole year, um, vegan and it got to the point, you know, a lot of people are are going vegan, choosing to go down that road uh, because they feel like it's a more ethical lifestyle. No animals are dying, in the, which is false. false. <laughs> very false. Very, 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 very false. Um, you know, reason being when, when you're out there, when they're out there getting crops and they're out there with the big uh, combines chopping up all the little rodents and that's why you see all the, the buzzards Dying flying around birds yeah and so um, so yes there is a lot of death involved in that um, but besides that uh, you know there are I guess there are other ways to go about getting vegan meals but not on such a large scale and population is so big that we need those large-scale agriculture if the whole if the whole nation is going to go vegan, then we need large scale agriculture to, to to feed our whole. Uh, I couldn't imagine I society could not for a no. minute. You but, imagine the society, but there's a lot of people uh, thinking that they're on a on a pedestal <coughs> when they're going vegan. That they're right. they're more ethical. Um, but then, um, so I did. I felt great on the vegan diet. I did. I didn't. I didn't. There was no side effects at all. Part of my skepticism. So I, I um. I'll take your word for it. Right. And, and, and I think for I think, sure. I think it's different. I think it's going to be different for everybody. I think everybody's yeah. bodies are different. And they respond to things differently. And some people everybody's, just don't know how to cook too. So. Yeah. Everybody's diets are going to be different. Yeah. Just one thing that upsets your stomach might not upset my stomach. I'm allergic to shellfish. You know, so it pisses me off because um, I wasn't born allergic. <clears throat> I developed the allergy, so I already know how good it tastes. So, Sorry, the whole year that I was vegan, I didn't have one stomach ache. That's crazy. And uh, so, there's that, but it got to the point where it's like, I'm going so far out of my way to eat vegan, and I, it, well, I wasn't doing it for ethical reasons. Like impacting reasons. your lifestyle. Yeah. yeah well, right. I, I wasn't doing it for ethical reasons, because like I said, I've been uh, a hunting enthusiast for right. years, and I was I was at the point where it's like... Well, the only way I'm going to eat meat is if I harvest it myself because I want to know I'm getting the best, cleanest meat possible. I don't right. want to have to resort to going to Walmart to get a steak mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and I still feel very strongly about that. Um, I'm not on a vegan diet anymore, um, and I, I will eat a steak from Walmart. Like um, I, I love meat. I, I could live off a steak every day for the rest of my life. Absolutely. I really could. I, it could be my did only Did you uh, ever but, hear about the carnivore diet? Yeah. I did it. So many, yeah. so many jiu-jitsu <laughs> guys did it. Like, I knew a lot of jiu-jitsu guys that did it. But I can probably be, from listening to Joe. Yeah. Rogan. Right. It can probably, <laughs> but that can probably be really it's bad for a lot revolution. of people, too. You know, just, just meat. Um, I, I would think that diet might work for some, and it might not work for others. Just like a vegan diet. Um, but I realized that no matter how hard I was going to try to get the cleanest diet, 
it's not possible. It's not. And, and, and when you were talking about pollutants getting out into the air, into the waters and everything, and then our wildlife being affected, even going out there and killing them, are they tainted somehow? Maybe, but... I think this documentary is called The Devil You Know. I had to shout out and say that because if I don't say it right now, I'll forget it and I'll never remember it. But I don't don't think there's... weeks like, oh, that was it. I don't think there's a moral hierarchy when it comes to our uh, diet. I don't... And and I don't think there... I think there are very important things that we need to focus on when it comes to the food that we're consuming. I think it's very, very, very important. But... No matter what we're doing in these, in the, in this day and age, uh, when we're going out to buy food and we have no idea where it's coming from, yeah. there's gonna be some kind of taint to it. Um, <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. All, all animals, all animals have taints, don't they? Uh, sure. um, but uh, but even even still to this day, I think what would be best for me and what I I hope to get to the point where. I could be self-sustaining to where I know that I'm going out and getting my own meat and growing my own crops. I I think that's ideal for me. Here's, and I would think I let me finish there's I think people need to put an emphasis on what they're putting into their body. It's very important. You know, do you know maybe do start buying meat from the local farmers uh you know right. who grass-fed beef. Yeah. You know, start paying attention to those things. And we got to be more mindful about what we are putting in our bodies, and because it's gonna, it has an effect. You see people with horrible diets and what it does to their lifestyle or the way that they feel. And uh, we have this one opportunity to be alive. It's I think health science is the most important science to our lives, because we have to. We have so. With all that being said, I want to be able to be self-sustainable with a clean diet to provide for my family when it comes to crops and meat. And see, but the thing is, like, as as wholesome as that aspiration is, my, my hang-up on it is that I know for a fact that uh, a very, very large... we Everybody can't do that, you know what I mean? Right. right. So, like, yeah. like, if everybody was, like... Fuck Walmart. Fuck HEB. I'm gonna go hunt my meat. I'm yeah. gonna buy a rifle. Can't happen. Right. I'm gonna exactly. Well, and, and even if well, and that comes back down to the population of exactly because we our allowed species. ourselves to get to this point yeah. where we have removed ourselves from the possibility as a species to uh, survive off of the environment alone. Right. We have created these systems that are essentially like hurting us like farming us you know what i mean if it wasn't uh, not, for not those farming systems. us but like like if you if you really want to be morbid about it it's like it's like we are being like herded you know what i mean yeah uh like we have these comfortable lifestyles we have we rely very 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 heavily on our supermarkets on our um you know our amazon on our on our uh, for sure our our click to live lifestyle you know yeah. what i mean yeah and we're so reliant on that that if that that's why things like the coronavirus outbreak and things like uh, the the that that's why oh shit where was I going with that damn it I hate when I do this it's just like building up building up building up yeah, and then it's just like drop you get no, us invested and then um, <laughs> no but what I was what I was trying to get at is um, hold on what did I say right before that 
I, we can we can do coronavirus. This. So we're talking about the systems. Of oh yeah, Amazon. that's why that's why shit like that hit us so hard. Is just because for sure we're yeah. so reliant on this this um, these like almost artificial predetermined routes to live our entire life. That if something is disturbed within that system that we're so reliant on, we have absolutely no answer to it. And yeah. and you know uh, it's it's just one of those things where it's like realizing that I can't advocate everybody to go be a responsible ethical hunter because there's just yeah. simply not enough game. Yeah. There's simply not enough uh, resources to make that a sustainable idea. So right, there's not. at this point we have to come up with more ethical and sustainable agricultural practices that can, you know, at least sustain the population we have right now. But the only answer to this 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 uh, snowball effect of population explosion especially just within the last couple hundred years, if you look at the numbers on the human population, it's just you have to start looking at ways to not have us explode in population as well, much maybe, as we have been maybe it would be uh, decades. Maybe you know? it would be getting returning to that system of being hunters, hunter-gatherers, and small... survival of the fittest? Yes. Because if it wasn't for these mass agricultural systems that mm-hmm. we've built, our population would have never gotten to this point. Right. So if we got rid of them, we could dwindle the population, which... You know, a lot, and when we say this, we're not necessarily saying kill people. (laughs) We're not necessarily saying. I was waiting for you to say that. No, we're not necessarily (laughs) saying let's start killing people to just just not not go out of our way to not let them die. No, I mean, what's funny, like just off of, it's not funny. I mean, it kind of is. (laughs) Just fire away. We'll We'll probably laugh. Kind of is funny, but I mean, they're they're really like Darwin, like Darwin's theory, uh, survival of the fittest. It's Mm -hmm. really no longer a thing. I'm sorry, like it's not. No. But it was this year, the coronavirus, Absolutely. right? It's like the advanced survival of the fittest, right? So we're like all sitting here on our couches, just like fat, just like just stuffing our faces with nope. just shit food and no exercise, no vitamin D, like n- no nutrition value yeah. in our food. We're, we're just fat, out of shape, unhealthy, like mm-hmm. as a society, yeah. and we're lazy, and we're comfortable with it. But those are the and ones that the virus is going to pick up. Well, exactly. So something comes along like this, and I'm not trying to make light of all the coronavirus deaths, let me just say that now. But I think it's funny, like we get so comfortable in our society, and we think we don't need to be healthy, like I can just go to the doctor and they can give me a pill for that. No. Like, I'm not, I'll be the first to say, I'm not afraid of the coronavirus thing. I don't need to be out. Like, I'm, I'm healthy, either, right? Yeah. And there's a reason. Mm-hmm. And the, I wasn't, I didn't decide to get healthy my whole life for the coronavirus. I just have liked living a healthy lifestyle and it's benefited me. And I think that a lot more people in this country could use that same, mm-hmm. like, same mindset a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, I feel like the happier or the healthier you are and the more physical you are, the happier you are in life and the more successful you are. I mean, mm-hmm. Like you, you enjoy your days. You I can definitely see the correlation. You know, I mean, just me. But it's uh, it's it's funny how 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 fragile we are as a species, mm-hmm. and considering how, our status on the food chain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, we're just these soft, mushy, fleshy beings. I mean, that a paper can cut. And it's all <laughs> because of these bad boys. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is, this is the reason for everything right here. 
it's we crazy. We were able to start using tools. We were able to start. Well, and the that frontal this, cortex. Yeah, yeah. yeah obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 even then, like even as like look at dolphins who have uh, Man, yeah. comparable intelligence. Like they don't have thumbs, so they can't like. But build I also Atlantis, think, yeah, you know, they have, I they just have think, to swim. I think dolphins models. understand how good they have it too, and so like there's no need for them to. Come up on land, have jobs, and start distributing <laughs> money. Like, like open. yeah, they're just like they're just like fuck that. Oh we got God. it good down. Like this is fucking awesome. <laughs> they fucking put like pass well, puffer fish and get high all day. Like, <laughs> well, one thing, uh, one thing, <laughs> dude. One one uh, new lens I wanted to pop into the conversation yeah. was, um, I believe it was you uh, did the, like some deep sea fishing or something recently. I saw some pictures on Instagram. Was uh, that you? A while ago. Yes. Yeah, so so um, that's a whole other conversation as well because the ocean, as I understand it, is like ten times more fucked than the the land. I would I would assume so. I don't I don't know um, the answer. To that. The, the, essentially, you know, we've treated the ocean like a trash can, like since since we could out of sight, out of mind things into the ocean. For you know sure. What I mean, yeah. So um, you know, there there there's like an island of plastic that's like the size of a of a of country or yeah. some shit like that. I'd have to pack. I heard. That. I mean, I heard that it's not as. That, that it's, it's not all like a mass of plastic floating around the ocean that's the size of Texas, but it's spread out in the mm-hmm. ocean, like following a current, uh, so far that makes it the, mm-hmm. the size of Texas, which is much different than it all being collected right, as being a mass. Like, oh, 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 that, oh, that, you, could, like, that you could whoa. walk on. So, <laughs> Still with that like, being said, there like, is a lot of shit. There is, is. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, sure. so with that being said... Um, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't really want to necessarily get into like the environmental condition as much as I wanted to talk about like um, the how how this conversation translates uh, into into uh, fishing as well. Yeah. So I know that there are protections for like uh, whales and um, you know sharks and stuff like that, uh, or at least certain species or whatever. But how does all that work? If if I wanted to. If I wanted to get some exotic fish, Man. first of all, um, which ones are good to eat too? I'm really okay, curious. so yeah, I'm. I can I'm, eat fish, just not shellfish. So I've been deep sea fishing. I don't, I don't know if you want to call it deep sea fishing. I've been to Cabo twice, and I've gone fishing twice there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know like what are protected because I've only fished in Mexico. So I know in Mexico, and I'm pretty sure, actually, I'm <clears throat> positive because there's marlin tournaments here. Um, Marlin aren't protected here, just like a tuna, right? Mm. Marlin's extremely tasty. Um, there's a lot of uh, disinformation on... I, I, okay, I assume it's disinformation um, being pushed online about, like, don't eat marlin. They uh, they contain high levels of mercury. They have the same thing the with, same tuna, right? with tuna, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the, the people... <clears throat> like, okay, like, let, me, let me see what these people are all about. Like, who's writing these articles? And, like, by and large, they're the same people that are advocating to, like, end fishing in general, mm-hmm. like, recreational fishing. So I'm like, eh, well, whatever, I'm going to keep eating marlin. Well, full disclosure, I mean, I've caught two marlin and kept one. Um, I think marlin population in Mexico is stable. It was on the decline for, like, maybe 30, 40 years, something like that. It used to be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, I had the opportunity to keep, you know, a few so far, and you just throw them back because I don't. They're huge. And the one I caught was like a hundred and that's enough. Hundred and like forty pounds, one. right? Yeah, and I got like head. seventy pounds of meat out right. of it, or something crazy. And then um, tuna. I there's a bunch of different types of tuna. 
um, like in the tuna family, there's like bonitos, bonitas. Mm-hmm. I'm not like bumblebee and is a, is chicken of the sea. Yeah, they're like <laughs> these tiny little tuna, like this big. They're really good. Uh, Dorado, that was really good. They're like a. Mm, don't hate me for this, but they're in the same family as dolphins. Mm-hmm. But they're those yellow fish. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw oh, that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's not a dolphin. Same family though. Mm-hmm. Super good. Uh, it's like a really flaky light meat. Mm. It's just delicious. I mean, it's awesome. So <clears throat> we came back. I think the first time I went with just my girlfriend, her and I brought back like 50, 60 pounds of fish. And I mean, we both eat just about a pound of meat a day. So I mean, mm. it doesn't take long to go through. And then uh, last December, my family and I went and dad and I brought back like 60 pounds each so mm-hmm. he took 60 back with him and but then mom. you got you know you got all that uh fish in the freezer you yeah got some, yeah you got deer you got you know all this you know meat that you've harvested yourself like w- like does your freezer stay full no game? <laughs> unfortunately so isaiah and i were kind of having this conversation mm-hmm. a bit and uh i i still have a little bit of meat left in the freezer from uh my elk and by a little bit I think I have like three packs um, and, and it's like empty right now that's why I'm in uh, Steve Rinella coined the term I think I saw it on Meat Eater but a meat crisis and that is dude, super I, true because that is Steve. what I'm in because dude, that, like <laughs> I love that guy dude I love that show I've bought his his cookbooks like so when I'm ready to fucking yeah. get some game dude I, I love that guy he he's a kind, good wealth of information he can be a kind of an sure. asshole but he's dude he's he's a genius and He's all around. He's he's entertaining as hell to me. Yeah. So if if y'all haven't seen Meat Eater, I mean, I think it's on Netflix now, or it's on. Yeah, some I think it's still on Netflix. And, and and that's like you said, an extreme wealth of information, especially yeah. when it comes to wildlife. Especially first time hunters too. Yeah. Like not not just like how to hunt and hunting in general, but also like conservation side of things. Um, huge wealth of info. But yeah. yeah, back to the freezer. It's not fortunately too full right now. <laughs> Uh, I did shoot, I shot an antelope two, three weekends ago. Nice. But they, you get like 20 pounds of meat off of them, and now it's been like almost a month, so that thing's almost gone. And so you said, you know, before we started, you're about to go to Montana for elk? Yeah, so I, I have a, uh, back to the kind of regulations, right? So I have a general elk license in Montana, which okay. allows me, I have general elk and, and a general deer, which means in whatever area has regulations for a general tag that allows you to use a general tag they'll tell you okay you can use a general tag on an elk only for like a bull or a branch antler bull or whatever so I still have that tag I didn't fill it in archery season so I can did you go out and try yeah I went for two weeks um, with uh, my cousin he comes up from Wisconsin every year he's a big time uh, big time hunter like me uh, he's way more into whitetail because he lives in Wisconsin. So he um, comes down here and just has a. So has he a comes to day. Montana and, and we uh, we hunt together for elk and uh, man, it, we had a blast. It's been it, it's it was a super tough year though. Uh, had a lot of encounters. It just didn't work out. I mean, and, and such as hunting, but just uh, like in the stalking <clears throat> aspect, you would stalk. And yeah, I mean, so he's called me in, uh, a bull the past two years, and um, just kind of the way it works. Like we usually. Uh, like say you and I are hunting, say I call for you on a setup and an elk comes in and it just doesn't work out. Then we switch. Right. You either right. kill it or you don't right. and right. we switch. And then right. you call for me and then right. we go back and forth. Well, past two years in a row, I got really freaking lucky and he called me in a bowl and it just so happened to work. So this year I was like, all right, called for him of the 14 days, I think like 
10 or 11 days straight. It was like, I'm getting you a freaking elk. And it just didn't work out. We were so close. Um, How close did you get? Man, I we had so many times that I had a couple of times. So day one, called in a bull to shoot 20 yards or 19 yards to him. But it was quartered to, right, kind of a bad right. shot. And tree. it had a tree right, right over his vital, right? So yeah. he, the shot that he was comfortable taking, he had a tree in the way. Next day. Same thing. Elk comes running in, just kind of a bad setup. There was a, a piece of deadfall, like just a, a dead tree with branches and shit in between him and where the elk came in. And with mm-hmm. any of that obstruction, you don't want to take that shot. No. There's so much. Yeah. There's so. Yeah. If you take that shot, there's. A, it's very. Even if you know that you can get Low vitals. Low probability. There, with the obstruction, your arrow can hit uh, a little stick that's going to deflect it. Put that thing in that elk's ass. And oh, and I mean, got a, it. a tiny stick, yeah. like smaller than my pinky, can deflect even if an there's, arrow like. Poo, you don't even want to shoot I mean, through, the, through the grass. Wow, grass can like yeah. even if you have high grass, you, you don't want to shoot through. No, you need perfect grass. openings with yeah. a, with a bow. I mean, I'm not saying you should be shooting through brush with a rifle, but I mean, if you got a rifle and there's a bush in between you, and oh, I'm talking gonna, like a bush yeah. with like some leaves, yeah, it's gonna go through there and it's gonna kill them. A bow is not gonna happen. Because a but, bow is flying at like 280 to yeah. 320 uh, feet per second, yeah. while the rifle is like, what? It'd be like kicking a ball through a bush. Like, it's just yeah. not going to happen. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he hunts with me every year, and we just couldn't get it done. Mm. Um, so I'm taking that general tag, and uh, I still have it, so I'm going to go use it in uh, our general season, which, rifle season, general rifle, that started, uh, I think, October 26th. Um, and it closes the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I'm going to go up and do my best and see if I can't kill an elk and put on... I mean, in, so just for reference, like in, in bow season, in 13 days of hunting, 13 or 14 days of hunting, him and I put on 120 miles. Uh, I think in 13 days of hunting, I think is what it was. That's so, why I mean, the reward is so... Yeah, I mean, we put on just freaking miles on miles on miles and... And I mean, I'm going to go back and do that same thing again, and it, but and it's it, going to be in the snow now. So now let me <laughs> ask. Um, so we got bow hunting, we got rifle hunting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hatchet might, hunting. This this yeah. might be yeah. This <laughs> might be a little silly, but does anybody ever go out there and just try to like bare hand or like that would be knife? Isaiah, dude. That yeah, just, like so just like I, go out there and try to get something. Like maybe not a deer, deer but something. Luck. Yeah. So I I know that uh, there is a kind of hunting person on TV. Tim Wells, I think is his name. He's called, is he's like self-proclaimed, he calls himself the Slock Master. Slock? What does yeah. that mean? It just, uh, because, so he uses a blowgun to kill a lot of shit. A blowgun? I, I swear, man. What? I swear. It's crazy. That's crazy. And I guess he, the sound sounds like Slock when it like comes out of the, I don't know, so I guess it's part of it. <laughs> Not my thing, whatever, but... <clears throat> Super successful and super lethal with the damn thing. Is it poison tipped or just darts? No, just like darts with a super sharp little broadhead. And so, like as it goes in, it's got that little thing on the back, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, as it goes in, it like pops off the back, so that just the little dart can keep uh, going through. That's how I understand it. I don't do it, but <clears throat> I mean, I did kill a squirrel or a gopher, I think, one time with one when I was younger. But anyway. Uh, he also hunts with a spear. So certain states you can still hunt with a spear. Really? Yeah. So these guys like. You sneak up on something. Isaiah, you're getting Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah, right? Isaiah wants to I go on a hunt now. <laughs> I don't know that much about it just from watching it on like YouTube or on, on TV like, growing up. And it's like, holy shit, that's crazy. Like, I mean, 
just like a giant fucking spear. Yeah. Like guys will like like sit up in a tree like in the you know the elk or whatever comes below them and just. Isaiah's right. That is insane. Yeah. But some states have regular like back to the regulations. Some Uh states it's legal. Some states it's not. Uh And then so say somebody does it right, and it's if you're good at no matter what you do is another argument that hunters have within themselves, and it pisses me off that oh you you're a bow hunter. Or I'm a compound hunter. You're a recurve hunter. You're not as you're you're less ethical. Yeah. Than oh, the it's such bullshit. The, the I hate that shit. Of, right. Uh, of ethics. I, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It's like I, I don't care it, as long as you make a good shot with whatever a spear, a recurve, a rifle. You're gonna kill it quick, and it doesn't matter. Like shut the fuck up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So certain states it's legal to well, hunt with is, a spear, and some states it's not. And some what states can you hunt with a spear? Just spitballing, just some I, cool stuff. I don't bears. Um, like guys have killed grizzly that was, bears. That's specifically black bears. what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, uh, elk, buffalo. I mean, I, I don't. Feel and this like is going I'm off the kind of one of, guy that I know that yeah. has like has like a show right that does yeah. this. It's the only exposure I have to this. I, I don't. I don't spear hunt. I have spear fished. So like ice fished. Like you cut a big hole with a chainsaw, like this size of the table in ice, and put a little decoy fish down there, and wait for a big northern bite to come by, and then you got this like devil. Like devil spear looking mm-hmm. thing, you know, like pitchfork, mm-hmm. and just literally get it right over its back, and then you just drop it. It's just shoom. crazy. Yeah. Is it on a string too? So yeah, then it's on a little string and like tied off. Nice. What's the what are what are your top top three animal species uh, that you've hunted that you were like, man, that was cool. Man, well, I haven't got to hunt that many different species, so I've got a lot on my list that I want to, not just because of. Like, the animal, like, oh, I want to fucking kill it and have it on the wall. Right, right. I mean, obviously, that's part of it is um, if it's got antlers or something. It's going up on the wall because I worked my ass off for mm-hmm. it, and I think it's part of the respect to the animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Whatever. And those memories um, live with yeah. you for, forever. I would say uh, one thing that I didn't realize was as hard to hunt and as much fun to hunt as it is, and I've kind of taken for granted, was mule deer. Um, I hunted mule deer last year. Actually, seriously hunted only mule deer last year for, like, a week. Um, with a rifle in the rut. So when they're like in their mating season, mm-hmm. super smart animals, the big ones, the big ones are in, extremely intelligent, uh, super difficult hunt. Um, a lot of hours behind glass, but not when I say glass is binoculars or a spotting scope, mm-hmm. hours upon hours upon hours. And it took me seven or eight days to find a, a big mature deer, a trophy deer to me in an, I killed it, um, and I was super hard on elk. Obviously, I mean they're super elusive, super smart. They're a huge animal. I mean, you get two hundred majestic to two hundred and eighty yeah. pounds of meat off an elk. <clears throat> you start amazing. And dude, Colorado's so close to here. That's what I tell people. They're like, oh well, I don't know. Just how do I fly all the up different to, meals. How do I, I fly make? to Montana? You know, it's so expensive to fly. Ten and a half hours, and you're in southern Colorado, and Colorado has the highest population yeah. of elk out of any state. In, is it? Is it? Uh, U.S. Do they have tag limits on elk there? Yeah, they so do. you can, but you can buy a general over the counter tag. It's one of the yeah, few states left that they have. Yeah. I think they might have changed it this year. Don't hate me, but I think they still have unlimited tags, um, and you can use them in certain general units. So you have to pull up the regulations, go on the website, find an area that you want to hunt. And then look at the regulations and see what you so can So you can get over the counter. It's not yeah, like, you can. Yes, but there, you can. Are there draws? There's draw units too in certain areas. So like just for like you, for 
for bigger, bigger uh, bugs? It's, so it's a different management. Uh, it's it's a different management technique. Colorado, for the most part, manages their animals for opportunity. So they manage for the population, people of hunters, to have an opportunity to hunt. So they just want a piss pile of elk. Mm-hmm. They don't care how big they get, really. They don't want a, just a bunch of trophies. Some units do. Like they keep certain units to keep big ones. So. Colorado's still relevant in the world of elk or deer hunting, right? Whereas Montana is a good mix of both. They manage for trophy size, so like a very large elk, but they also manage for good opportunity, right? They, they decide that that's the best for their state. Idaho is about the same, uh, a little more on the opportunity side. Wyoming is a little bit more on the trophy potential side, but still a lot of opportunity. Um, New Mexico trophy and some opportunity it's a little harder what to are you hunting in new mexico elk oh or where no i was, I was saying what yeah elk, what a, elk mule deer um i think they have white tail i assume coos deer uh every animal. time people say new mexico my brain flashes to arizona no and so yeah. i'm just like what yeah are you, what are well you arizona has a lot of elk too and they're freaking monstrous yeah. i mean arizona probably has some of the biggest elk the U.S. Some of that. I mean, well, my dad lives in northern New Mexico. Wyoming definitely has Albuquerque. Albuquerque has huge mountains, get mm-hmm. covered in snow. Yeah, because last time I, I I did a road trip through uh, to California through there and uh, blizzard in New Mexico and like at night, like the, thing, the, 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 the road was like melting the tires in Arizona. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it was just like and hot again. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. Um, shit, there was one, there was something I was gonna ask. Uh, oh yeah. So, so something that has kind of prevented me from getting into hunting is that it seems like it's behind such an expensive like paywall that the barrier of for sure the the yeah exactly and like so, I said like I was telling him before is like I had hunting plans this year to go and they fell through and it's like I don't know too many people in the hunting community for sure like and and I I am at the point where I'm like I'll go solo like I, yeah I will. But I would rather for my introductory mm-hmm. hunt, like, go with experienced hunters. Learn right. the, but it's like getting in there. There's a barrier, like, a, there to is. entry. That's what I was going to say. And, I mean, it makes sense. That, like, it, it seems like it kind of has to be that way in order to separate it from, you know, everything else that everybody can get into and, and getting all fucked up because every single person in the entire world can just be like, I want to do that now. I want to do jiu-jitsu. So, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and see, I, I really wish everybody could do jiu-jitsu. Right. You know? that, that, that's something I feel like shouldn't be behind a paywall. It's something yeah. that I don't feel like it should be upper middle class. It should be like everybody right. can do it. But it's so... It's, it's very... Um, it's very much set up for, for people with some, some extra cash. Yeah, it is. It's right now, it's cheap to pay uh, for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you know. And, and this is coming I mean, it's from worth the guy it, who but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, hunting's not cheap either. So, but, so that's what I was going to say is, is there a way that the common person who maybe doesn't have just like, what, what would be is. a way for like me, yeah. for example, like I, I literally have zero extra dollars to well, throw at something like so that. So like even going so on how would guided hunts Yeah, so this is huge. expensive. So this is like, this is the big thing and it, it's pretty interesting. Um, so, a Meat Eater just uh, they just uh, wrote an article, published an article on their site. I think it's called like First Time Hunters," um, and it's basically surrounding this conversation mm-hmm. or, or this question you just posed to me. And their <clears throat> their um, their answer to this was, you know, someone wrote in, "Hey, how do I like, how do I get into hunting? Like, I don't know enough people. You know, some people have bailed on me and." Their answer is 
take the bare minimum of what you need. So yeah. you need tags and you need a gun, mm-hmm. right? That is all you need, and yeah. you need your two feet. Yeah, and that you is, have to have a little. You yeah. can you can learn everything you need to know. You don't need the fancy boots, the fancy this. You don't need any of that. Well, and I'm I'm very so, much uh, like like you know we both train jujitsu. Yeah, don't, I don't buy the fancy geese. I don't buy the fancy you know for sure tape. I don't I don't spend extra money that I don't need to do. So because of that, I can afford to train. For all, sure, it might be all of my spending money for the month. But I can afford to train because of that. So For you're sure. saying that it's pretty much same thing. Same thing. It yeah. is. But the um, without the accessory. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, it, you know a lot of people a lot of people are in the in the article it was posed a lot of people say you know I don't have anyone to go with, and I need somebody to teach me. Yeah, it is definitely nice having. Like, I grew up super lucky that I grew up in a family that you know taught people how to hunt, and I try to kind of repay that whenever I can. But the big thing is kind of like uh, like riding a bike or like anything else. And even for me, like getting in, I self-taught bow hunter for elk. I knew nothing about it, 100% self-taught. And the first year that I went, I went solo for two weeks. And it was a kick in the dick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got my teeth kicked in, man. Mm. It was terrible. But it was awesome. I learned so much. Like, I would say the, the number one thing, if you guys want to start, is get a gun, um... Or a bow, whatever you want to start with. I mean, probably suggest a gun because it's easier. I was about to say, I have really, really, and it's cheaper really to get into vision, so I don't feel like definitely is cheaper. Be my thing. But uh, get and then go buy a tag in Colorado for even like a deer or something, and just go. Like same thing you do with jujitsu. All these people say, you know, oh, I, I don't have the money. I don't have the money. Okay, well, don't go to the club, right? Or the bar. Three, four times a month. Literally, I don't. I don't go out down here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I bought in the past two years or something. I think I bought like beer four or five different times, maybe like and brought back to the apartment, Mm -hmm. right? But I don't go out and spend that money. And you Mm -hmm. can save, saving it. Quit going out to eat so much. Mm -hmm. Like you want to save some money, you go out to eat five times a week. Like when I quit drinking, when I quit drinking, I saw such a dramatic change in like. The kind of things that I was able to afford right. because I was I was such 100%. a bad alcoholic that it was like I was spending two hundred bucks a month easy like that was like the low end of what I was yeah. spending and like when I when I was when I turned twenty one and I could like start going out then it was like yeah. two to four hundred right. no problem like yeah. but I also couldn't afford to do anything else but party yeah and so it was just like and by party I mean just get drunk yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But um, yeah, so so it, it it does it does mesh with what I understand about being able to afford new hobbies. You know, yeah, like if you can set aside the cash that you'd normally wipe your ass with, whether it's by fast food, by uh, beer, by clubbing, by video games. Uh, I know that that's kind of sensitive, um, but uh, there's there's ways to make sacrifices. Prioritizing that, is exactly, all it is. Exactly. Like if you want to. I mean, and don't get me wrong, hunting's a great way to get meat, right? Mm-hmm. But I think once you dive down into this rabbit hole, you're probably not saving money. Like, it's probably cheaper for me to go to the store and buy shit. Yeah. Honestly, I, I mean, maybe it kind of gets closer when well, you start it, talking I, about grass-fed and grass-finished beef, but... Well, I even I noticed mean, when, I, when I started buying my bow, like, when I bought my bow, 
I got this like addiction to the gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like now, yeah. and, and the like, same thing. And you don't you do need this. Yes, yes. It's the it, same it, thing. It's, it's like, like for oh, like the first six months. Like, like, you don't. Like, yeah, like you're. You don't need it though. Exactly. No, it's not going to make you better. Like, yeah, the UV isn't going to yeah. make you yes, be able dude, to get that yeah. arm time. Dude, I window shopped so hard when I first uh, when I when I finally like said fuck it. I'm going to sign up for a school. I'm going to get a membership. I'm going to I'm going to learn jujitsu. Whenever uh, whenever I I made that full commitment at Alex's gym, it was like. There was it was like every every possible like athletic apparel caught my eye. I was like, ooh, do I need knee braces? Yeah, do I need like, do I need elbow sleeves? Do I need some compression gear? Do I need you know what I mean? There's so yeah. and then and then there's like these elite jujitsu items that are like these like name brand finger tape and name yeah, brand yeah. soap and, mm-hmm. and and shit like that that isn't even like so unnecessary, but it's like, but it's cool. Yeah, you know. So yeah, so yeah, I I, I definitely believe that that sensationalism of, of the gear and accessory and and uh, I got my bow where I like it. I'm, I I don't need to buy anything else for now. It's, like stay I'm there very, with that mindset I'm and like satisfied. if I could tell you one thing, get hooked on the experience and like seeking out that experience. Yeah. Versus the gear because mm-hmm. I mean I'm into this however many years and. Like, this is, like, that's my life is what I spend my money on. Mm-hmm. And none of the gear that I have, for the for the most part, like, none of the gear that I have, if I would have bought the cheaper stuff versus the more expensive stuff, would have been the deciding factor for most, right. most people that went exactly. out to get something. Right. Now, if you look the at some of the extreme trips that I've done, right. like, like a seven-day backpacking trip in extreme shitty weather, yeah, that extra... 500 bucks I spent on that tent and sleeping wouldn't bed, have made that trip that's any that's worth it like yeah. that part's worth it but if you're not doing stuff like that don't do it like it, like if you're not drag racing your car and it's just a daily driver you can probably get away with like a Honda Accord instead of a Corvette like right. you don't need the Corvette like chill exactly right. same exactly. thing same thing with hunting yeah. and just focus on that experience and that like the experience and the knowledge is worth its weight in gold mm-hmm. I mean you can you can have a cheap like two hundred dollar used complete rifle setup and just hunt in regular clothes. You don't need freaking camo. Don't need it. Like you don't need anything crazy. You can a backpack's nice, but a school backpack works. And you don't need a backpack. You can put the meat in. You can just be a man and put the quarter over your yeah. shoulder and pack it on like that. It sucks, but you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can so, do all of it. So I. Uh... We're going to have to end, but I did want to end on the note of uh, the experience, like the value of the experience of yeah. being out in the wild and getting away from all the, the cars honking and, yeah. and people screaming and everything. Like, how much value have you gained in life through those experiences? Man, that's an awesome question to end on. <laughs> that is, that's the number one reason that I, I'm so excited and so passionate about hunting. Um I was, you know, coming coming into September for this bull hunt, I was stressed out of my mind. I mean, I, I work in oil and gas. Mm-hmm. So it's a super volatile market right now. The industry and the economy is not doing good for oil and gas, mm-hmm. especially with the impending election. Mm-hmm. Not good for my job either. Stress is through the roof. I, mm-hmm. I've done it for, I've done it for four years. I'm not, I'm the low guy on the totem pole, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm always on the chopping block. It's not good. And I was stressed with work, just stressed about, I live downtown Dallas and I hear cars honking and like street racers, like just constant sensory overload. And it just, 
Like it drives me insane. My girlfriend, like may, she always calls me autistic because like she'll bang stuff around in the kitchen. I'd be like, like I, I get yeah. on edge and yeah. I, I have to like take a step back and and uh, when I left for two weeks, I, my phone shut off. I usually do the past couple of years. I've done like an Instagram, I follow along on my story, story and like. Yeah. Um, like some Adam people Green like Tree. it, so I'm like, you familiar yeah. with Green Tree? Yeah, yeah. I fucking so love him, that, and that's kind of like why yeah. I started it. So I started doing it, and but this year I was like, I'm, I need like this is for me. Like this is like this is why I hunt. I'm getting back to like it's it's just for me. And uh, I mean, not that many people follow me, so it's not like I'm hurting anybody's you know anybody's year. But uh, it's like I'm not I'm not doing it. Like off social media for the whole two weeks. Texting my like I'd call my girlfriend from our cabin. Maybe every other night, every three nights or something, just let her know, hey, I'm good. Didn't text her at all. Only brought my phone just to communicate if I, like, really, really had to. Yeah. And at the end of those two weeks, I didn't see anything that happened in the world. I didn't see any news articles. I didn't hear any of it. I didn't hear any sirens. Uh, most I heard was a plane, distant plane flying over. I was at, at peace. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so stress-free. Zen. I, I, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm not, I'm not like a, a hippie by any stretch of the imagination. I, I don't really take that word however you no, want. No, you kill animals. But like, yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. But I, I have never been just so happy. Like when I came back, I was happy. You were went back to work that Monday. I got in late Sunday night, and I woke up. I wasn't even dreading work. It's like, okay, it's, it's gonna be a complete, good day. Like a complete reset. I mean, just... it's people need to get out, even if you don't want to hunt. Yeah. Get out, like go to go to the river, go to like, go on a hike somewhere. Like take a, if you want to take a vacation instead of instead of going to Fredericksburg and spending money on a wine tour or something or whatever you want to go to, spend like, a week in go the mountains. To, go to like New Mexico and just go camp under the stars, mm. and like it'll change your, your just turn goal. your turn your fucking phone off. Like, don't get on Instagram no matter how much you want to. Mm-hmm. Like don't do it. Stay off Facebook, whatever. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, Jesus, yes. you'll feel so much better. And yes. it's, it, it, it's, it's just amazing. And that's why I love hunting so much. And Beautiful. I didn't realize that until social media became such a huge thing that it is now. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not what I loved about it when I first started. Mm-hmm. But just getting out there in the mountains, is there's something primal to it. There's something that in our DNA, that's mm-hmm. what we were meant to do. Absolutely. And if, like, if you get up there and you don't feel that same thing, then you could probably start to think about Darwinism, survival mm-hmm. of the fittest, and you probably still wouldn't be here because, like, that is, it's such a, like, a natural primal feeling. Like, right. you get up in the mountains and it's just survival right. is the only thing you think about. Like, and it's just happy. It's like you have one thing to do, and that's kill and survive. Yeah. Beautiful, man. I'm, I'm glad we did end on, the, on that note. I think Absolutely. a lot of people do need to uh, hear somebody talk about that perspective of it. Uh, but appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is a blast. Yeah, yeah it's man. awesome. Uh, I learned a lot for sure. We'll uh, we'll do it again when you get back from absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully, I, I bring uh, bring some elk steaks yeah, back, yeah, and Ooh, I'll bring the little grill in the back of my truck with yeah. Rager, and we can do some elk yeah, we'll steaks just, or something. Yeah, do it right right out here in the parking lot. Sounds Let's good, do it, man. Let's do it. Tim, appreciate it. See you guys next week. Hell yeah! Thank you very much, sir. That was awesome. Thank you, guys.